0: Welcome to episode 53 of Expanding Beyond. Uh, happy birthday, Monica!
1: Thank you! Happy birthday to me.
0: <laughs>
1: it, it's still within the seven days, you know, <laughs> span. So yeah. I'm still allowed to celebrate.
0: Yeah, one month for me and then... Oh, actually, three weeks. But yeah. Three weeks? TikTok?
1: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I turned 42. Yes, I, I, mm-hmm. I had to calculate that, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it was a great week. So can't complain. I had a lot of friends. I uh, was out for dinner a couple of times. Uh, I explicitly told my friends not to bring any presents. They did anyways. So it was surprise, surprise. Uh, so um, I, it was great. And mm, that's nice. Still, Munich is adorable these days. So it's just nice all around. What about you? How are you doing?
0: Yeah. uh, I mean, it's nice weather here. School is almost over. So really nothing much happens. It's all slowing down a bit. That's nice. So there's more, not so much stress at at this point. So that's It's summer.
1: Yeah. It's actual summer. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to hear. So what are the news?
0: Well, I guess (laughs) just... It's me uh, talking about quitting. Um, so I resigned. Bam! End of last month. Yeah, I mean, it probably w- was a long time coming anyway. Hmm. Sort of when a company gets bought, I guess. Uh, it's not surprising that the culture changes. And then if you come from one place, and but it's suddenly different, then I guess you either adjust, you get enough money so that adjustment is okay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or, or you just leave, right? So there was a raise at the beginning of the year, but now, yeah, it felt like there isn't really any influence you can have mm-hmm. to sort of change things for the better. And basically, with most people that you talk to, they are sort of in the same place. <laughs> so, and then something came came along, and then I guess that's it, it. happened. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, but you know, like I think we touched on this in the past already. But you have to be a fit for the company, but the company has to be a fit for you. And yeah. whenever companies goals go through these transition periods, it's either because they have been bought, therefore the seldom the the culture stays the same, or it's because the company grows past a certain inflection point, past a certain threshold of, of people, um, the behavior of the system changes. And therefore, if you cannot or don't want to adapt, then it's, uh, it's impossible to stay. And it can be just recognizing that it's not the way you want to work. Uh, I've been thinking about trying to work for bigger companies, but then something always holds me back because I'm like, Exactly what you said is like, you don't have that much agency. You don't have that much influence. And so far that is still too interesting for me, but it's also a matter of values. The values that you have have to have some overlap with the values of the company and the values of the company don't necessarily mean like the, the, if there is a difference there, it doesn't necessarily mean that the values of the company are bad. They're just not your values. Um, yeah. So if that overlap, Gets smaller and smaller, then it's harder to care uh, and to forget about the fact that we're paid because it's a job, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, it will be sort of for me, it's back to a smaller company mm-hmm. as well. So, I mean, the company isn't, I mean, it's still less than 200 people, but okay, it's still smaller than, and the development team is like 10 people. That's pretty small and yeah I guess that there's a lot you can do or must do depending on how you look at it yeah um yeah and it will be interesting to see how the changes is so they are really they have people some people in the US in the team and then many are in Europe and maybe that's also why it's very asynchronous they've said Mm -hmm. so they have almost no meetings and it seems like there's not much going on in terms of uh, refining stories or doing all that stuff. So I, I haven't fully uh, grasped how they do their work, but it will be interesting to to figure that out and see how that. Oh uh, yes, that please. Goes. Yeah.
1: I mean, in the past years, we have been talking about how our experiences are actually quite similar, and that I think that that view might be uh, not all that is out there. Like, we know that working this way works, but there might be other options out there. So I'm always curious to see uh, how things can be done differently.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I've worked at a company before where basically, the, for example, there was no daily. Instead, they used some Slack bot, right, to sort of get a status update. But I'm not sure that's even happening here. I don't know. We'll see.
1: What I find interesting about the dating is, again, is that it has become something that people do. And frankly, as a manager, I find it incredibly valuable because it gives me a snapshot every day of how things are progressing. So it's easier for me to catch if something is going off rails or I have the whole team in front of me so that I can ask questions like, OK, are we confident we can make this? uh mm-hmm. and so i don't have to run after uh, after people but the original idea was that uh, it's because people didn't talk at all. And then when you, when we're trying to make things work, people not talking didn't really help. So you had this big clashes uh, when PRs were merged or if there were even PRs or uh, things like this. Uh, So that, that was the original goal. But if a team is healthy enough that they continuously, the people in it continuously communicate, the daily is more beneficial to the manager than to the team. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I, I can. I could imagine that at a, at a team size of 10, maybe that's still possible. Maybe at the yeah. bigger sizes, it becomes uh, more difficult to do. But we'll, we'll see.
1: see. <laughs> yes, let's see. Let's see. I'm curious. Because uh, in my experience, for example, right now at Beyond, what, we don't have that much. Like the, the, the stories, the tickets are not that fleshed out. I'm adding some details. I'm forcing the hand there a little bit more, but mm-hmm. it's nowhere close to the level of specifications we had in, in other companies that worked at. There were tickets that if if it's not in this format, it's not getting even touched by, by the engineers. And I think you can get away with that at the size we are I don't think that coordinating a team fast paced with dependencies and a bunch of other things is possible if you don't have a certain level of coordination and therefore artifacts that allow for that coordination to happen.
0: Yeah, I don't know. So this is this is sort of the big thing that I'm interested in. How how do they make this whole async yeah. work?
1: I'm I'm interested. So I may know. I mean for us it's working. Like Yes I'm doing a little bit of that work but mostly people work by either a quick call to each other when whenever there's something they need to talk about or uh, you know they interact mostly via DMs over on Slack mm-hmm. uh, things like this so it is definitely asynchronous it's not fully asynchronous but it's more asynchronous than I'm used to that's interesting to see how how it can scale so I'm, oh. I'm all ears.
0: and also speaking of Slack, um, they also use Slack, so I'm I'm oh. luckily luckily moving away from Microsoft Teams again, yay, which is nice.
1: <laughs> I mean, Slack it has its own problems, uh, but frankly, I can't think of using Microsoft Teams for doing much. Yeah, I had this brief moment at the beginning of my uh, tenure at Kaya. Where they were still using uh, Mattermost, and for those who don't know, Mattermost is basically a clone of Slack. It might be open source or it might not be, but it's like it's it's not the incumbent, uh, let's say, on the market, yeah. and it tries really hard.
0: At least it tries, right? Yes. It's Not like yes. Teams, which is just one of Microsoft's mediocre. Tools in their toolbox, and people just stick to it because they now have every all mediocre Microsoft tools in one box.
1: Yeah, that's uh, you know it. It's interesting because you what you are describing is what Apple does, but better. Yeah, (laughs) it's like this is the ecosystem. You don't want to go out. Uh, In the case of Microsoft, is like we are not going to allow you to go out. Um, (laughs) You are not staying willingly. (laughs) You know. But also it reminds me of someone commenting on uh, the release of uh, Threads, um, the new brainchild of Mark Zuckerberg trying to, you know, like take market share from, from Twitter. And they were like, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty easy to get those many users when you already have them. So
0: yeah, what was the quote? How do you get? x number of signups on the uh, first yes. week. you start with <laughs> 1.6 billion users, users or something yeah.
1: you know it's like that's duh and yeah. in the case of Microsoft team that's the same because yeah. then the company rightfully so is gonna go for what's cheaper and cheaper means not only cheaper to buy but also cheaper to maintain and of course if everything is integrated much better so yeah. how does the team uh, feel now that you are leaving? That they know that you're leaving.
0: They understand, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, most people probably sort of that were hired before the merger can understand it. And maybe to some extent, I would uh, assume have the same feelings. Uh, So I don't expect this to end with me, Mm -hmm. I would say. I guess this is also normal. Yeah. With such a big shift that a lot of the people leaving. And now we're sort of trying to figure out how to uh, do the handover. Sort of make sure that at least most of the st- stuff that I know that there's uh, more people that can also uh, do it.
1: How many things uh, see you as the sole knowledge owner?
0: Yeah, I don't think it's actually that bad. So that, that one one sort of um, the main thing that the team does, that's fine because I sort of joined when another team was dissolved. Mm -hmm. The bigger problem is that the stuff that I took with me from that team as the last developer, there's still some things that I've been sort of doing some maintenance on the side. And now I just have to make sure that sort of the agreement was that I don't do any of that anymore. I just tell or explain to people how to do it. Mm -hmm. And then we just have to make sure that all the stuff comes up, all the bugs and errors happen at least once before I leave, I guess.
1: Not bad. So you haven't been that bad.
0: I mean, when, when I joined the team, we have, we sort of had previously had two maintenance roles, Mm -hmm. right? Each team had their own or for stuff that was sort of, I don't know, a bug appeared, some server is down, something is slow or something like that. And we have back then, that was some months ago, we've actually merged the roles and there's only one now, and people have been rotating through that. So they have, some exposure already to all that stuff it's just that there are some things that i just did sometimes because it was easy for me
1: yes makes sense and
0: just now i need to remember that i just don't do them and just explain to people how to do them and then then i guess we should be fine
1: how long the notice period because you said you quit last month
0: yeah three months so i start my new job in october Mm -hmm. and then now i have still 17 holidays uh, vacation days left so (laughs) we'll see when i leave depends on how uh, how much i do vacation i'm going on in august so Mm -hmm. some at some point in september
1: that's enough time to do a handover even if you have a lot of things Mm -hmm. what this is something that i was wondering myself when uh, because i've seen people approaching it in different in different ways people companies i've seen companies uh, just letting people go in the sense of like, do the handover, then just go. You don't need to be here. I've seen companies instead being uh, desperate for the person to be present until the very last day. In your experience, you've been changing jobs already, at least that I know of, at least two times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Uh, in your I... experience, because whenever I talk about these three months, people are like, what Three months of notice period it's a lot so people usually don't expect this i think it's something that is very specific to germany in your experience how much does this time actually like how it's needed is it really needed i'm sorry my english is very broken
0: today. yeah i mean it is a different uh, you approach stuff differently when you know that someone leaves they're still here for at least i don't know two to three months right instead mm-hmm. of they, because in this company, we also have some employees in Poland, right? And then if the notice period is one month and they have still have some holidays left and it's like two weeks, then yes. that's pretty short. Mm-hmm. So I would say it it is actually valuable because some things just don't happen all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe there's a few things you forget, right? And but in three months time, they usually just creep up. And then you know, ah, yeah, that's that. And then you mm-hmm. explain it and then you have covered it. And there's always something you forget. And I guess if, if you have it so, such a long notice period, then at least it does come up. On the other hand, n- no person that has uh, resigned is going to work full time three months at the old job, right? That needs to be clear too.
1: <laughs> yes. That's why I was, I've been wondering if, because it's also my experience. I think in my experience, three months are a very long time. I think a month and a half would cover most of the needs. My experience again, so far, but I've also seen teams in which, you know, that this is the one person that has that specific role mm-hmm. and we need them. Even if it's just to keep the team going until you find someone else, or shorten the time period in which this team doesn't have that person on board, like that role on board. It's really important because otherwise someone else has to do that. And very often this means that it's also someone that is doing another job or that doesn't know how to do that job that well. In my case, I felt quite guilty in a way when I left Kaya because I, I basically had a month off. So when I resigned and when I left, it was two months and it it was an intense moment for the team. And I felt like nobody really was able to pick up. I mean, of course I found a great substitute, but he was much more junior than I was at that Mm -hmm. point. So I was like, oh my God, this poor guy, I'm leaving this hot pile of mess. What is left.
0: Yeah, but that's sort of, I mean, uh, I think the shortest notice period in Germany you can have is one month. Oh. And then I guess the company just needs to adjust, right? Because mm-hmm. it is really a difference to how you do stuff when you know that a person is, might be gone in two weeks because yeah. they have one month and then some vacation days left. And you need to make sure that this doesn't happen, right? That there's just yeah. one person knowing stuff
1: was was about to say that, you know, like it, it feels a bit like it's the system responsibility also uh, for things to need to be that long, because the assumption is that everybody has three, at least three months till the end of the month notice period. So it's not like even if I find someone that I really like day one, it's going to take them three months to get here so i need to cover for that time like it's a vicious circle in a way it's like people can't join before three months very seldom happens also because many people take time off in between jobs at least my experience i've only recently started to do that can recommend
0: yeah i'm just spending my three months here working a bit and it's almost taking time off
1: (laughs) okay but that's that's good that's good yeah so Mm. it it, it's also the system works this way and therefore it's uh because there's plenty of companies in the states for example like yeah two weeks notice bam Uh, and that's it in italy works slightly different in the sense that usually if you are hired you are uh, you have a contract that is falling below um like under the umbrella of uh, what is called a national contract that has been set up by the, <laughs> it's not very nice what I'm about to say. I was thinking about uh, mob. It's not the mob, of course. Mm-hmm. It's the <laughs> the unions. <laughs> like, <laughs> why the association brain? Um, I know why, but that's a different story. Uh, so uh, by the unions. Um, So everything is codified in that contract. And uh, what I know is that for some contracts, it depends how on your tenure, Um, the the notice period depends on your tenure. So if you have been uh, in a company for less than a year, two weeks, and you don't need to give any more notice. Uh, If it's between one year and five years, it increases of like, two weeks every year you've been in the company or something like this, up to a certain threshold. And then it depends also on your role. Like a manager would have a longer notice period. For some managers, like top managers in big companies, that notice period can be years, literally. So it gets a little bit cuckoo in that regard.
0: In Germany, it's the same i think the minimum is a month but then it's sort of depending on how many years you've worked at the company it sort of goes up
1: like the longest i've had was when i was working for for this um bank online bank and it was six months till the end of the quarter so if you were (laughs) timing your
0: uh if you timed it badly it would be nine months and i'm like
1: what Or no 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 sorry sorry that that's that's a, I think it was three months to the end of the quarter. So yeah, you I had, had something to,
0: like that too. Yeah, so you had to be really careful.
1: Yes, so it could end up to be six months, and yeah. that's a problem when you're looking for another job. Yeah. There are other ways that companies can can manage this. Like for example, I know that uh, you can ask because the, the only the only air quotes problem is that if you if you mm, if you don't come to work anymore and you don't have an agreement with the company, the company won't be paying you for those months, first of all, but also you get some sort of fee that you have to pay because it's, you're basically not there unilaterally. So, But you can maybe convince or you can negotiate with your new company to pay for the time you're going to take off in between jobs, for example, so that you can shorten the notice period things mm-hmm. like this so it, it, it can be done but it's usually a bit i don't have memory of anyone actually being able to get to that uh, successful negotiation in that regard so what are you spending your days on right now because you don't you're not getting new work right
0: no that's not true i I'm, I'm i'm working on stories it's just okay a bit less uh focused i guess mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: I see. But yeah,
0: and and there's there's a few tasks uh, that we identified where would write some documentation and like I said, I we agreed that I wouldn't sort of do this maintenance work, but instead teach other people how to do it and stuff like that. So certainly working on stuff. I mean, we are planning a bigger project now, and I'm certainly participating. But for example, in sort of retros or retro style meetings, I noticed that. I'm not very engaged (laughs) anymore not super useful. And I've been going to at least one recently and I think someone else from the team well, still has a stake in it should do that instead.
1: Yes. I've been in awe at some people in my team that were about to leave the team and they were... Uh, or at least what i saw was that like my perception was they were still giving like 100%. i wouldn't have expected that. i wouldn't have required that. Uh, but some of them were just like all in. i admire that kind of ethic. i don't think i would be 100% able to do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i mean that's what i did when i when i left kaya because i i had to do it but some of these people didn't have to do it, and they still did it. So, so are you gonna get a T-shirt with "I'm the mother duck of the team" printed, or? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I should ask. Uh, maybe I can get it as a going away. How present. did that happen? I don't know. It was just a random. Um... So we had two new people uh, join the team recently. Uh, one a new agile, and a new developer. And then they, I think today, sort of went through our team canvas with one of the Agile, other Agile coaches and sort of tried to get up to speed with that. And apparently that fell, that phrase fell somewhere (laughs) 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 that I'm the mother duck of the team. And yeah, that's true. I should have a t-shirt with that on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a badge of honor. Yeah. You still have some of that leadership in you, you know? Yeah, that's true. Did you did you feel like it was a compliment?
0: I don't know if it was a compliment. Uh, it certainly was was funny, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's just, I guess it shows a different view on uh, how how a team should work, right? There, there mm-hmm. have, have to be some people who actually take take charge and sort of drive things forward, right? You can't yeah. have all the developers just wait for stuff to happen.
1: Yes, I can sleep at night knowing that you know, like that's what I'm doing, basically. Uh, So I'm making sure that decisions are taken, that they're not dragged on for too long until they're heard that that we are taking time to think, but also taking time to make, so that context switch doesn't happen too often and things like this. I'm getting too used to not have so many meanings, you know, like for coordinating. This past couple of weeks, we had a little bit more, but also because we're more into Execution mode. So if you want to bring stuff out there, you need to have better specs. You need to have some questions answered. Some of these things that we make actually spun more questions and therefore we need to figure those out. So that's, uh, that's the, the tricky part in my opinion when it comes to executing and, uh, and also researching, even if I'm not actively working on anything in particular, like you can't see the tangible effect of my work. That's what I makes me okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes me feel okay. i like okay. I'm 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 helping out, <laughs> and even just explaining. It's like the the thing is that I I already went into the topic I wanted to talk about. That it's uh, I named it. It's all the same because I had this. Ed- Actually, at my birthday dinner, I uh, saw a friend, uh, we worked, we met at Freeletics, guess what? And uh, he is also an engineer, uh, Android engineer, though. And we stayed friends, like we, we became friends and we stayed in touch. He recently moved to a bigger company and he was telling me, it was like, I, I, we were just exchanging. It's like, how is it going to the, the new job and blah, blah, blah. I started by saying, it's like, you know, man, frankly, it's always the same. It's always Mm -hmm. the same kind of discussions. It's always the same kind of conversations in the sense of like, how do we get faster? How do we focus? How can we uh, communicate better? How can we uh, make sure that, you know, like expectations are met, uh, expectations are communicated and so on and so forth. Before I I finished saying this, he jumped at me and he was like, it's exactly the same in my company. Like I was expecting that a Fang-like company. So for those who don't know, Fang is an acronym. It's Facebook, Amazon, uh, Netflix, Google. Yeah, but doesn't it have two A's? Yeah, it's Apple. I think Apple, it Apple. Yeah. Yes. So we're talking about big companies. Uh, so that at a company at that stage, you know, like people had their shit together. Um, But apparently they don't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that just reminded me that probably that's the reason why at Google they tried to live without managers and then they had to reintroduce them. Mm -hmm. Um, In the sense that I'm more and more convinced over time that as humans, we have achieved incredible things. Uh, We send uh, people on the moon and Mm -hmm. we are building cross-national projects like think about the belt and road initiative from from china like that they have this new um uh, road through which they do um basically you know like business uh with other companies with other countries and so on and so forth so we are able to achieve so much but frankly i'm not surprised that it's so hard to get anything actually done around for example global warming because like humans are not made work and and coordinate in in such great number yeah and so much of the of the energy that goes into the system is basically spent on this heat being dissipated by the by the by the group when trying to align on what to do and how to do it and there are techniques to get more effective and more efficient at doing that it requires so much discipline
0: and it's also <laughs> unlikely to get better at bigger companies right
1: exactly uh, so there are so many factors that go into this like think about tenor of the people in the team, how stable the teams are, sorry, in the company, how stable the teams are, uh, what's the scope of work of these teams? And like what we are talking about when we say, when we talk about the triad that leads a team, we're talking about product design and, and engineering, there are competences that sometimes overlap. So someone has to take the lead, but it's not that easy and blah, blah, blah. So there are so many things that work against <laughs> the the objective. That it's incredible that we are able to do anything. <laughs>
0: <Right>. Sometimes that's, <laughs> how, that's how it feels. That's true. Yeah.
1: yeah. And again, I was talking. Uh, I was talking about testing last time. I, th- I think it was last time, or no, two times ago. No last time. and uh, I said that I was in contact with this uh with this person, the CEO that uh, helped me clearing my head about how to approach our testing strategy and so on. And she happens to be also a musician. Yeah. and uh, I made her uh, I talking to her, I made I expressed this metaphor that I usually use. It was like you have to transition from being a jazz band to being a marching band. And she was like, actually, from a musical standpoint, I mean that's already valid, but I would go from being a teenager band in a garage to being a symphonic orchestra. That's the how different it can be working in a small team and working in a in a bigger organization uh, mm-hmm. that's the level of complexity you have to you have to look at and i had confirmation of this when uh, or basically um, you know confirmation bias let's you know, um when uh, talking to a friend of mine that is working still in the uh, healthcare uh, like digital healthcare and the product she's working on the company uh, is is a small startup, but and they have been acquired by a bigger company. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still working out for them. Um, but yeah. the interesting part is that yeah, exactly. <laughs> the interesting part is that usually interact with big, big, big insurance companies. We're talking about Allianz. We're talking about ADAC. Uh, this kind of stuff. And she was telling it was like whenever we have a meeting. She's a designer, so, I mean, she's not in any management position or anything. But whenever we have a meeting, we have two of us, and then there's, like, 18 of them. Because her husband works in a bigger company. He was working for Texas Instruments at some point. Now I don't recall the name, but mm-hmm. he's a mechanical engineer. And they were, what he was saying is like, this is what it looks like in my place. Like our roles are so defined as as workers are so defined that my role really starts at one and ends at two. And there's no overlap with anyone else's role.
0: I can also see that with us kind of from a different angle of saying, hey, I don't, this is not my problem. And Mm -hmm. I don't have the influence to change anything here. So I will just do nothing and hand it over to whoever's responsibility this is supposed to be. This is sort of maybe the same thing, yeah. but looking at it from a different angle. No,
1: absolutely. That's that's also what he was saying. Like, I, I feel like I barely have any influence because either I don't know enough uh, or it's literally not my job. Therefore, if I would be, I wouldn't have time to do my job and I would end up, doing someone else's job and this means either getting in their way or discrediting them or you know like it has so many implications but anyways so this conversation to me was like the perfect example um uh, that humans are the key uh, mm-hmm. to uh, what we do uh, we can learn technical stuff especially now with with ChatGPT, gpt like I've seen one of the engineers on my team is like, I don't know anything about data science, but anyways, he was able to pull together crazy crazy, complicated SQL queries just by, you know, like asking some questions to chat GPT, doing a little bit of research, a little bit of try your hand here and there, and bam, it works. Uh, Is it stellar data scientist work? No but it works. It gets the job done. So like you can learn You might not be perfect. You might not be blah, blah, but you can get there. But the human part, that's where most of your costs are going to be as a company. And then we can go into, you know, like the usual conversations about, uh, how much managing is micromanaging and, you know, like, Assigning work and splitting work and having multiple work streams and the usual bells and whistles, you know, <laughs> but I'm not going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> not today, not today. Exactly. I don't want to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that actually then brings me, today brought me to make a certain reflection. I was like, I give a lot of things for granted when it comes to, you know, like knowledge of how an organization works and uh, what's the impact of your actions on on a team, how you organize work too. And it's something that we, or at least I gave for granted when I started working. I was like, I was always assuming that people knew how to do this and guess what people don't. And it mm-hmm. requires... It requires skill to, to get to the level where you can do things without, you know, like pissing your team off or distracting mm-hmm. them too much and uh, like achieving your objective that I give for granted that people understand why I'm doing certain things or why I'm not doing certain things. So I always, I was always very proud of the way I was communicating things. I think I need to go back at explaining more of why I take certain decisions or why I do or not do certain things mm-hmm. more explicitly, because I see a lot of question marks on people's faces at some yeah. <laughs> these <Yeah>. days. <laughs> so, and that yeah. gets me back to piece of advice that my, uh, my boss gave me a long time ago. And I was like, don't assume, don't assume, always ask, always explain.
0: Same with debugging, but just on the human level.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so don't assume that your colleagues have the same uh, understanding as you, or that they even have the same uh, the same. They, they give the same meaning to the same words as you are using. Exactly.
0: I was going to say it sometimes that even that is is can lead to a very Useless discussions when you yeah. use the same words, but underneath you think of something completely different, and then of course you cannot agree. <laughs> yes, you think of different things. Yeah.
1: So this got me to to have to uh, to have definitely uh, a final thought that was: this is what it looks like to create a culture, because I have the perception I was. I was under the perception that I everybody was speaking my language already mm-hmm. in my previous jobs. So yes, we might not have exactly the same understanding but most of us kind of got the gist. And I didn't realize how much effort it took to get the organization to think in those terms. Yeah. So that then new people added to the org could absorb how the org was behaving already and what were common terms and common philosophies and so on and so forth. But here there's no or there's a very rough, loose culture that we are basically building right now. Mm -hmm. And you have to. Take into account reality, that means that there are some things that, yes, they would be beneficial, for example, separation of concerns. A product manager shouldn't necessarily know who is working on what um, or shouldn't know how many commits there are that needs to be uh, deployed uh, on production, but because of the size you are, that's inevitable. So what could be interpreted as micromanagement is just that... You know, like the layers are so thin that it's impossible not to micromanage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I rest my case, Your Honor. I have a question for our um, for our community out there. So one of our um, engineers is gonna go and parental leave soon mm-hmm. enough. And we decided to see if we could find a freelancer that can join us for quite a few months actually, because it would be basically until the end of the year, even just part-time at some point, uh, this guy still will be part-time. So <laughs> we need someone to cover uh, for for him. And where do you go these days in search of freelancers? Because um, I actually, the only hire I did so far, I did in a platform that was not LinkedIn and it, I actually got more candidates out of this platform than LinkedIn that is supposed to be used for that. So <laughs> I'm wondering if any of you know someone that is a backend engineer that knows TypeScript and uh, would like to uh, join us for a bit. And potentially we're also looking at longer collaborations. So this doesn't mean that it's just one shot If we if we get along. We're gonna rely on you for the future. Please shoot me a message. You can find us on 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 the web. We're gonna recap our our contact uh, our contact points at the uh, at the goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, if you have suggestions, like where would you put your CV if you were to be looking for a freelancing gig, let me know because I don't know. Because I've never done freelancing and we weren't allowed to have freelancers as engineers in my previous jobs. So
0: yeah, I did that for a while in the past and I always found it a bit tricky. Mm-hmm. And then these days, it's like if, if you sort of pass a certain point in your career, I guess you are not looking for the job, but it's generally yeah. the other way around, right? So you don't have that problem.
1: I don't know. Like I have this feeling that more than ever, networking is so freaking important. Because that's how people know that you know, or that you know someone and so on and so forth. So as much as things like LinkedIn work, but they work at scale Mm -hmm. when most of the times it's for for one-off, word of mouth is much better. It's more, it has a higher chance of success, let's say.
0: Yeah, that's true. And like one div- one person goes to the other company and then half a year later, there's not just one, but a few, right? Yeah. It's always happening that way too. Yeah.
1: So where people can find you, Urban?
0: Um, so you can find me on LinkedIn if you want to hire me, although maybe <laughs> now is not the best time. Um, and you can also find me on Mastodon. I'm actually
1: using it a bit more these days. How about you, Monica? You can find me on Mastodon at Nearnet. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn name last name that works and you can find me on my website monikag.me there is also email there so you can send me emails and you can write us at hosts at expandingbeyond.it and please let
0: monica know yes (laughs) where to find people (laughs) (laughs) bye people bye bye